Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text for today is the Old Testament lesson appointed for the 14th Sunday in Pentecost. I read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting with the first two verses and concluding with verses 6 through 9. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the just decrees that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I commanded you. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and just decrees so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and to your children's children. Thus far, the text, I invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, uh, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and we just praise your name for that word. Allow that word to rest upon our hearts now through your spirit. Give us faith and understanding to receive it and trust in it. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Maybe you remember singing that joyous little hymn in Sunday school or as you were growing up. So what are your blessings? Israel was on the verge of crossing the Jordan River and entering into the Promised Land, that land flowing with milk and honey. God's chosen people could certainly count that as a blessing. Their nomadic wanderings would finally be over and they would have houses to occupy and cities in which to live. They'd be blessed with food in abundance, not, they, not, not that they were ever found wanting for, uh, for food. God provided them with manna and quail as they wandered in the wilderness, and of course water. Even when they grumbled against God, Israel would never suffer thirst under God's care. But now that care, and God's care, would mean something different. Soon Israel would eat off the bounty of the land. But each one of those blessings, be it land, hearth, harvest, or even water, were secondary to the first blessing spoken of by Moses as he addressed Israel in this, in this beautiful sermon. Now, O Israel, he starts out, Listen to the statutes and the just decrees that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live. Amen to that, for we are nothing apart from God. The life God gives us extends far beyond mere flesh and bones living of this world. That's why we can say it far exceeds the bounty of this earth. We thank God for the Lord of the harvest, but we praise his name for including us in it. For he gathers us together and brings us to himself through his holy word. 
God's statutes help us to see that we're sinful and in need of something beyond ourselves to bring about our salvation. And God's just decrees say, Come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. They point to our salvation through the blood of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. God abides in all those who keep this wisdom in their hearts, unaltered and pure. Change one word of it and you refute God. And that, my dear friends, is utter folly. Agur, the son of Jacketh, he puts it this way in Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6. He says, every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his word, or he will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. Just last week, we heard about how Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for heaping burden after burden upon God's people with their ceremonial washing of hands and all the other ceremonial laws. He also talked about how they worked to nullify God's holy laws with sayings of their own. Do not honor your father and mother. Instead, declare that everything that you have is korban, that is uh, given to God. Uh, given to God, ha! That's a hollow promise. It's like saying, I'll do my bit for God after my parents are dead, not while they're living. How do you serve God that way? You don't. You walk away from God's holy laws. We can't do that. We can't follow false teachings, nor can we as Christians fall lockstep into what the world is doing in its ways, even though we'd often love to do that. See, our actions speak louder um, than words sometimes when we purposely sin. Uh, so, to, so too do our words if we hold in our mouths um, um, the, the wrongful direction to those in the world. We say that sin, uh, that, that sin is not sin, uh, or, or we bless them in their actions, in their sinfulness. Um, we can't encourage people in their sinful ways by rendering uh, opinion upon God's wisdom. God's Word says the following things, but I say we can't do that. Remember what John tells us in Revelation 22, verses 18 through 20. There he writes this. He says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of, this prophe of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. In a nutshell, retain God's word and keep it unaltered and you will be kept safe. You will not suffer God's plagues and he will grant you life. You blessed children of God, all you have to do is trust in what it is that you've received from God. Nothing else is necessary, not before God, and then certainly also not before man. No one can actually supersede what it is that you have, because it's been given to you directly by God. The life, the wisdom, the joy, the peace, everything that you possess is the envy of the world, and it is the truth that the world will have to grapple with as well. Rahab, the prostitute who hid uh, Joshua's spies in Jericho summed it all up in a few short words. She said this, she said, I know that the Lord has given you the land, 
and that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. That's Joshua 2, verses 9 through 11. Uh, the world knows your God, and it knows you because of your God. It knows your God given wisdom and understanding, too. Don't ever discount God's word or be ashamed to speak it. Reprove a sinner in gentleness and humility as one who has been reproved by God. And state plainly God's intent to save as one who was redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Um, apply the law where someone is unaware of their sins. And, and apply the healing balm of the gospel to the contrite and broken of heart. Uh, speak of baptism which saves and tell of the Lord's Supper which sustains. You don't have to do any more than that. God's Holy Spirit will do all the heavy lifting for you. Those who hear you will be in awe of God and of your truthfulness, whether they believe in Christ today or not, because one day we will all stand before him to be judged. Then they will certainly say of you and of all God's people, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For, as Moses said, what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and just decrees so righteous as all this law that has been set before us today? My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, friends, you are and always will be that nation when you keep God's statutes and decrees. And then that secondary blessing will come. Lest we forget, you too are standing on this side of the Jordan, awaiting the day when you will enter the promised land. God's holy kingdom is before you, and if you keep his statutes and just decrees, you will have life and enter God's kingdom and receive it as a possession, in, uh, just as promised in Jesus. For this week, I'd like to have you uh, think about and reflect upon Psalm 51.10 as your key verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I pray that God helps you to make that your plea before him and that you don't fall away from him or despise his word. And I pray that what God has already started within you will continue on through Christ. May God continue to build you up that when he grants you the opportunity to love your neighbors, and he will, that you're gifted to listen to them and appropriately share the truth of his word, that they too will be blessed with his wisdom and his understanding. Once again, that key verse is Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. May God, who has blessed Israel with wisdom and understanding, which led them to life according to his promise, continue to help you to count your blessings. And may he grant you um, to number the wisdom and understanding that you've received from him as a blessing here on this side of eternity and live with that blessing to life in God's kingdom without end. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we 
praise you for what it is that you give us, your, your wisdom, your understanding. It comes to us by your word, and it comes to us through your spirit. Help us to trust in faith and be um, uh, purveyors of that faith as well, Lord God, where the world looks at us as being the, uh, the recipients of your word. Help us to also speak that word to them that they might hear and be blessed by it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen.